Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist. I'm also a keynote and TEDx speaker and author of the award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. As listeners of the podcast know, our goal is to bring you people who can not only inform as podcast guests, but who have a way of contributing to helping us lead our own lives with enthusiasm, with good health, and in being the best versions of ourselves. And today's guest is very special in that regard. Kevin Stone, MD, is an orthopedic surgeon at the Stone Clinic, and he's the chairman of the Stone Research Foundation. He's lectured around the world as an expert in cartilage and meniscus growth, repair, and replacement. Dr. Stone has pioneered new ways to address biologic and bionic, that is artificial, joint replacement. So those of us who have... uh, had to go through it, be really interested in what he has to say. Dr. Stone wrote a regular feature column for the San Francisco Examiner from 2014 to 2020, and it now can be seen as a blog at the stoneclinic.com's website. More importantly, perhaps, is the fact that on December 14th, a new book, by Dr. Stone is called Play Forever. Really a great sounding name. Play Forever, How to Recover from Injury and Thrive. And Thrive is certainly one of the words that positive psychologists swear by. So really interested in this. Dr. Stone has served as an orthopedic surgeon for the U.S. ski team, the U.S. pro ski team, the Marin Ballet, and countless other kinds of things. He was trained at Harvard in internal medicine and orthopedic surgery, and at Stanford in general surgery. In 2003, he was awarded a Doctor of Humane Letters by the Pacific Graduate School of Psychology for his contributions to the community. So uh, not sure what he does with his spare time, but Dr. Stone has obviously contributed a whole lot and is a very busy guy. And we are so honored, Kevin, to have you with us on Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Thank you very much for honoring us with your presence. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's find out a little bit about a lot of things that you do. And uh, let me just start out with, I mean, there are a lot of people who, uh, a lot is a relative term, but there there are a lot of orthopedic surgeons in the world. I know that, uh, you know, I've seen a different uh, orthopedic surgeon when I had uh, a shoulder issue, rotator cuff tear, a different one when I had my right hip replaced and so on. What specifically is your specialty within orthopedic surgery? So, Ron, I repair shoulders, knees, and ankles. Mm -hmm. And we focus on athletes and people with arthritis. Wow. And as I understand, nowadays, uh, surgery has, doing the, the replacements are quite a bit different than in the old days. I know, for example... When I was much younger, I tore my ACL, one of my knees playing basketball, 
Uh, in those days, they didn't even know what it was. They only knew that it was unstable and it was there wasn't a fracture. And I remember wearing this full leg cast for a long, it seemed like forever, uh, leg atrophied and so on. One of my colleagues uh, at, at the headache center where I worked tore his ACL at, at an age that was considerably older than I was. But by that time, it was a lot different experience. He actually was able to, first of all, was able to be identified and then was able to uh, get repaired. In general, what's been the trend? Has it been more arthroscopic kinds of things or how do, how do joints get replaced nowadays? So first of all, for your listeners would probably like to know that the data shows that 80% of people who are told that they need to have a total knee replacement don't. Wow. And so what does that mean? It means that there are several options for them. The non-operative options are that we've gotten better and better at joint lubrication plus growth factors, meaning the old days you would go in and get a cortisone injection. And of course, we try not to do that anymore because cortisone shuts down cell metabolism and damages all the cells and tissues that we want to save. So today, if we're going to give you an injection, we give you an injection of hyaluronic acid, the natural lubricant of the joint. And we add growth factors to it because our research and the research of others has shown that when we add growth factors to the hyaluronic acid, we can stimulate the lining of the joint to produce more lubrication. And so we get a much longer benefit, sometimes a year of benefit from an injection. So even though the x-rays might show a very bone-on-bone -bone arthritic joint, I have many patients who come in just before ski season for their annual joint lube, and they tell me, hey, doc, I'll let you operate on that knee when it hurts too much, but right now those injections are buying me time. So that's one part of it. The second part of it is that we've gotten very good at biologic joint replacements. So now you mentioned tearing your ACL when you were younger. These days, if you tear your ACL or tear your meniscus inside the knee, Traditionally, surgeons would go in and maybe repair the meniscus, maybe repair the ACL, but they would take out the meniscus. And so we don't want them to do that anymore. We want them to repair or replace the meniscus as soon as it's torn to prevent that arthritis from ever happening. But if it does happen, and if you go and get your x-ray and there's still some joint space, many of those arthritic knees can be treated with our cartilage regeneration techniques and replacing the meniscus, the shock absorber inside the knee. Now, the next group of patients who have been told that they need to have a joint total knee replacement, their x-ray shows that they only have one part of the knee is bone on bone, not all of the knee. And in those patients, we want to replace just the part that's worn out, not do a full knee replacement, because the knees feel much more normal when we do a partial. They get full motion. We don't touch their ligaments. It's a quick outpatient procedure. It takes an hour using our robotic guidance. And so that saves that whole group of patients from ever having a total knee. Now, lastly, if you really do need a total knee, meaning all the compartments in the joint are worn out, then what's changed is that instead of using the old saws and guides the way we used to do it, we can now use a robot. And, use, and by using a robot, the precision of the surgery is so much higher 
that we no longer have to use bone cement, meaning the implant will fit so tightly onto the bone that the bone can grow into it. So by getting rid of the bone cement, we can now tell our patients go out and play all the sports they want to hike and ski and climb and run because they're not gonna knock the implant loose. It's fitted, the bone has grown into it. So this has dramatically changed the advice that we give our patients who need joint replacements. Wow, that's fascinating. And it really dates me because I thought, you know, you get messed up, it's a replacement and it's quite a, a time rehab wise and so on. And, and it sounds like there are many options and uh, most people don't need, need the total replacement. So even those who, are, who do need one. So the old advice that they were given was, you know, go home and rest your knee. You want to make it last a lifetime. Well, that advice, unfortunately, was the opposite of what we give our patients. And the reason is, if you go home and just rest your knee, as you know, you get muscle weakness and osteoporosis. So we want you to go home and exercise your body. The more you exercise, the better you will do because you build muscle, you build bone, you build happiness, all the good testosterone and endorphins that flow. And that leads to a longer lasting implant. In fact, we have never seen a total knee worn out from sports. And so we advise our patients, go out and do the sports you love. And we have many patients who are skiing or running marathons or doing tries. And we have not seen these wear out or fall out, especially now that we're not using cement. So it's dramatically changed the advice that we can give to patients. The other thing is that our knee replacements, both total and partials, are now outpatient procedures. They're done with immediate weight bearing, immediate physical therapy, where the patients will take them to our outpatient surgery center, replace the knee if it needs it. They'll come into our clinic the next day and spend two hours a day working with our physical therapists and fitness team, starting on day one. And if you start that way, you immediately see yourself as an athlete in training and not a patient in rehab. And that's the most important part of our sneaking into your philosophy there of helping people thrive and helping people have a positive outlook. If you as a patient can see yourself uh, as an athlete in training and not a patient in rehab, then you can fit, follow our goals for you, which are to help you become fitter, faster, and stronger than you've been in years. So use your knee injury or your knee arthritis or your shoulder or ankle arthritis as an excuse to become fitter, faster, stronger than you've been in years. We have a whole rehab team that'll work with you. It's really as much a mindset as well as a careful, good surgery and great rehab. Boy, that's that's really fantastic. It's exciting to hear because uh, I know for myself, again, with missing the ACL, I'm always fearful that, geez, I'm going to need the total knee. And I, I do, like every year and a half, get an injection, and, and it, it's fine. I mean, I, I'm more limited than somebody getting hurt today would be because I did it in those days. But that's why you, I guess you see so many like NFL players and so on, get an ACL tear, uh, which I guess used to be a limiting or a two-season type injury that, uh, you know, are back the next year. Yes. In fact, much of our, the research that we do at Stone Research Foundation is on how can we accelerate healing? Meaning you put in an ACL, and as you mentioned, why does it take a year for the athlete to come back or an Achilles tendon rupture? 
So what can we do to add growth factors to these tissues and accelerate their healing process and shorten that time and see if we can help them heal better than they have before? And so much of our research is around that subject, and we uh, have a number of clinical trials in that space right now and are getting better and better at figuring out which injections each knee should get. So we're developing a whole personalized medicine set of scientific tools around this space and then injections around it as well. Boy, that's that's terrific. I'm always interested in people's journeys. You know, how did you happen to wind up in this branch of medicine? And how did you uh, happen to, to really take it to that next level with the research and helping so many people? And, and again, I, I got to say this, historically, I, I know this isn't as true now, but historically, there weren't too many orthopedic surgeons who thought in the same terms that I did, or surgeons in general that, you know, basically were interested in not just getting us past the disease point and getting us back to neutral, but but really to help thrive. So I guess I'm a little bit interested in a bit about your own history in that regard and how you decide to go that direction. Sure. So like so many others, as a young athlete in college, I was playing soccer at Harvard and reached my knee out to stop the Brown attacker from scoring a goal. And that mistake cost me my medial meniscus. And I admired the surgeon who was roaming around the field house treating the patients. And, and it, while I admired him quite a bit, I did not admire what he did for my knee, which was he took out my meniscus. And so over the years, I developed that medial knee pain in bow legs and I was then out from, for a run with my mentor many years later, and he looked at my bow legs and my medial pain and said, you know, Kevin, if you could figure out how to replace the meniscus cartilage, you'd make a big contribution to orthopedics. And so we set off on that journey. We developed the very first collagen meniscus implant, which was a scaffold for regrowing the meniscus. And then in 1995, we developed some of the techniques for replacing the meniscus with donor tissue or allograft tissue. And we've been doing that ever since. A lot of meniscus transplants for both young athletes and people in the 50 to 70-year-old age group who developed arthritis but were not bone-on-bone -bone and just wanted to have a shock absorber to help them buy time. So that's where we get started. And uh, I realized early on that a, I didn't believe that a physician should do something to or put something in a patient that they either didn't know the outcome or weren't trying to find out. And so in 1995, we developed a, a public research foundation called Stone Research. It's called stoneresearch.org. And we started developing these outcome studies as well as basic science studies to understand which therapies work and which therapies don't work and how to make them better and see if we could develop a whole biologic knee replacement program. And we've been doing that ever since. Fascinating. So what kind of patients would be appropriate research patients as opposed to everybody who has, uh, has an injury? Well, pretty much, as I mentioned, I don't think a surgeon should do something to or put something in a patient they're not trying to study or figure out the outcome. So all of our patients get entered into one outcome study or another, mm -hmm. and then other patients are entered into different types of studies. So for instance, you mentioned how frustrating it is when you have a surgery and you develop a lot of muscle atrophy afterward. And so we asked the question, can we stop that muscle atrophy or a portion of that muscle atrophy? And it turns out that when I hit you with an ax, otherwise known as surgery, mm -hmm. 
you have a huge cortisol release, that stress hormone. And that stress hormone binds your muscle receptors. And within eight hours, the muscle atrophy starts. So we have a research program going on right now to see if we can block that cortisol binding of those muscle receptors and diminish the atrophy that patients get right after surgery. So that's just one example of the types of research we have going on here. We have another set of studies looking at these injections in people's knees and trying to figure out which injection each patient should get. So clearly an ACL injured patient has a very different knee chemistry and biology than an arthritic patient who's had arthritis for many years. And so we're trying to specify and figure out which injections for which joints. Well, in my age range, the, the word arthritis gets talked about a lot. And is it a normal part of aging or is there something that people can do as they go through the, the adult age ranges to diminish the likelihood of it becoming at least incapacitating? So first of all, you need to know that you can run forever and never develop arthritis as long as you either don't get hurt because it's the injury that leads to so much of the arthritis or don't have the genetics around osteoarthritis that, that your parents may have had and passed down to you. That's excluding the other group of arthritis, the inflammatory arthritis patients that we generally aren't treating. We're treating the osteo and post-traumatic arthritis here with these tissue replacements. So the first part of your question is, yes, you can exercise forever and not get arthritis. If you get arthritis, depends on which type and where and how severe, but we are getting better and better at not just treating the symptoms, but fixing it. So our goal is to both treat, prevent, and cure arthritis, meaning if arthritis in a one part of the joint is damaged, the cartilage and bone and synovium, the question is, can we repair that damage? Can we replace those tissues? Can we stimulate healing? And we really would like to not see, like, here's my expression. Cancer may kill you, but arthritis ruins your life. Mm -hmm. And so our goal is to see if we can stop that ruining of your life. That That's wonderful because uh, I know my the last three decades or four decades have been working a lot with headache patients and quality of life is, you know, a real thing that, that they suffer. And I see the same thing with some of my peers who have arthritis issues. What about generally uh, the, the area of prevention? For example, I, I know people will say that they got arthritis because they're working at a computer or they you know, they're doing something that involves wear and tear where there's not an obvious traumatic injury. Are there some general principles to uh, keep us, you know, healthy from a joint standpoint uh, before we have to see you? Yeah, the overriding one is that bad biomechanics will destroy good biology any day of the week. <laughs> and so if you're overweight, uh, that really destroys your joints in the sense that you're, you take two to three million steps per year at up to five times your body weight, depending on the height of the step. And so if you lose 10 pounds, it can be 10 pounds up to five times your body weight, two to three million steps per year. It's an enormous amount of unloading of your joints. If your muscles are weak, the bones take up the force rather than the muscles absorbing the force. So strengthening your muscles does, goes a long way to diminishing the potential for developing arthritis and the symptoms. 
Uh, same with your bones. So the best way that we know to strengthen bones is resistance exercise. So that's weightlifting or hiking or doing things where you're really loading the joints. And these are things that are so important for maintaining bone health. So these core principles, optimizing your weight, building your muscle, building your bone, are just an enormously important part of the whole story. And the last part of it is the thing that you specialize in. It's your outlook. If you can keep a positive outlook and look forward to becoming, as we like to say, fitter, faster, and stronger every day, then you're working towards remaining fit and healthy and excited about the next day's exercise. And that really changes how you feel and how you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm certain of that, that, you know, if, if you really build that in as a positive goal, I mean, it. Uh, I always talk about the kind of the 21-day kind of time frame. If, if you can get yourself doing something for three weeks, you can build in a pretty strong habit. And I, I always encourage people to do that. Most people wind up liking exercise if they haven't up, up to that point and so on. What about just from a, a prevention standpoint? I know when I, I was in high school and college, we if we were out for a sport, we would be out for it for the season, for a particular season. Uh, we didn't necessarily work on it all year. Before practice, we might do a few jumping jacks or things of that nature. Um, it's a lot more sophisticated now. I, I know that people see it as, as a year-long program. I always like to ask for parents of who are raising kids at a, at a time like this, uh, what are some general principles that people should do for young athletes or, or young people who are going to be active their entire life? What are some things that you encourage from good parenting standpoint? Well, first of all, most kids love to do what their parents love to do. And so if you love something and you express that enthusiasm and you do it with your kids, that's a very big influence early on. So try not to be as much of a sports fan as a sports participant. So rather than watching football, play football, and watching baseball, play baseball, play the things you love to do and play with your kids. And if you love it, they'll get infused with that infectious happiness around playing those sports. Encourage kids to do become, as you and I were in younger years, three sport athletes, meaning three season, playing three sports, sport a season, rather than focusing just on one sport. Yes, college recruiters do look for you know, exceptional skill sets, but they're also smart enough now to look for the well-rounded athlete. And the well-rounded athlete tends to get injured less and have a better psyche around sports and pick the different sports that they tend to like over time. And so trying to encourage kids to be diffuse and, and diversified in their sports selection and doing the sports with them is a super important part of parenting. Great. Terrific advice. Really appreciate that. Let me go to the other end of the age range where I have uh, maybe half of my listeners are are in the senior years. Are there particular sports to pursue or activities or exercises to pursue or particular ones to avoid as you get older? Uh, any advice along those lines? It turns out to be the same advice I give to our kids and our parents. So First of all, pick a new sport every six months. So adding diversity to your sports activities opens up your view of what you can and can't do because so many of us as you get older say, oh, I can just do this, but I can't do that. But if you actually tried a new sport every six months, you'd be quite creative about the things that you really can do. 
The second thing is do the things you love. Uh, so the, you know, you're kind of gotten too old and too wise to just go work out. Why bother to work out when you can go play out? So play outdoors and in doing it socially with friends gives much more longevity to than just to just going to the gym or just working out. Turn it into play and play with enthusiasm and fun and diversification and other people. And the more you do, the better you'll do and try to do it outdoors and try to do it seven days a week. Because if you do it seven days a week, not the old three days or five days, you'll become addicted and you'll miss that activity when you just didn't get a chance to do it. The other thing is just never do it while you're watching TV or reading a book. The way to get fit is to listen to your body, listen to your heart rate, listen to your muscles, know where your limits are and push past them just a little bit so that every day you just get a little bit fitter, a little bit healthier. If you're distracted by the TV or the book or something else, you're just missing half the benefit of the sport. Yeah, that goes, I mean, there's a couple of things that you said that, that tie in so perfectly with what we kind of preach. One is, you know, the notion of being mindful to what you're doing at one time and whether it's eating breakfast or whether it's working out or when it's time to read the book, to read the book and get, you know, into that. But when you're playing a sport, when you're exercising, I never could understand these people who always may have the book while they're they're doing the treadmill thing. I, I just assume something has to get lost. The other thing I'm really happy to hear encouraged was this matter of diversifying and uh, learning a new sport or new activity every six months or so. From the standpoint of neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to change and the ability to stay to fight off uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, and so on. I mean, there's there's a lot of good science to recognize that, you know, doing novel things just really enhances your your ability, your brain's ability to function. So I, I think that there's just so many things that that work together if you do the right things that uh, hopefully we can last a good long time. The creativity part of it is is really important too. And uh, I think that's where it's it's important to recognize, hey, don't compare yourself to somebody who's been doing a particular sport all their life. You, you may not be all that great at it, but that doesn't have to detract from the fun. And again, increasing the, the kinds of things that you do and diversifying can only be helpful, which leads me to the question uh, that your book title is really, really interesting play forever, how to recover from injury and thrive. So tell me a little bit more specifically about what's, what's in the book, what's somebody going to find, you know, uh, I know that it's got to be great, but I don't know what the specifics are. So lots of thoughts about some of the things we've talked about today. Number one, as, as it says, how to recover from injury. So if you are injured, if you do have sore joints or you have something that needs surgical repair, we go through lots of the tips for how to really optimize that experience and how to come out of it better than you were before. We also spend time talking about the mental approach towards sport and exercise and happiness in life as is dear to your heart, I think. Absolutely. And uh, we give lots of ex examples of world-class athletes and their experience uh, what worked for them and what didn't and who's a good example of doing one thing or another and why and 
Um, so there's there's a good range in there of things that I think anybody who cares about trying to achieve our goal of dropping dead at age 100 playing the sport they love uh, would be interested in. Yeah, our our goal is to have uh, a lot of the listeners celebrate their 100th birthday with us. And uh, we now have the science to not guarantee it, but increase the odds of doing that. Yep. And, and your book obviously is a major contribution to it. So, uh, like I said, haven't always seen some of the, the same kind of words used or, or the same philosophy from, from some orthopedic surgeons. Uh, I suspect I'm not alone in that regard. So if somebody wants to be in touch with you to see if they can fit into your program, first of all, you are located in California, correct? Yep. So we're here in San Francisco at the Stone Clinic, stoneclinic.com. They can get lots of information and videos and that sort of thing. They come see us here in San Francisco anytime. They can also send us their x-rays and MRIs if they live a long way away and happy to do a consult for them over the Zoom. And uh, and we do that at no charge. So uh, we really would like to try to help people achieve their goals and get the care they'd like to get. The best thing to do is come see us here in San Francisco. So I can get my hands in their knee or shoulder or ankle and really understand what's going on and have our rehab team work with them and inspire them uh, in the ways we like to inspire people. And then if they're just interested in research at stoneresearch.org, they'll find lots of the research programs that we have going on uh, focused around injuries and athletes and arthritis. And then the book Play Forever will be available on Amazon. All right. And we're actually recording this just about a week before the book comes out. But by the time it will be on there, uh, it will be you'll be able to get the book at Amazon and it's called Play Forever. And, you know, obviously, you know, listening to to Dr. Stone can get a pretty good idea of the fact that his thinking is really healthy and dovetails with, you know, our own philosophy. It's something that, you know, we hope everybody will will adhere to. And if you don't live near San Francisco, uh, a wonderful place to visit. So maybe you, it would be worth, you know, the consult out there where, again, where he can get his hands on you and uh, be able to make the best recommendation. All this information, by the way, will be available through the show notes and, um, you know, it'll be posted so that, you know, you'll be able to follow up and, again, both read the book. And while hopefully many of you don't need the services of an orthopedic surgeon at this time, if you do, I think it's it behooves you to get the services of the right surgeon. I can only tell you again, I, I've had a hip replaced and uh, it's just, and this was about eight years ago and the stuff they do now, I mean, it was replaced on a Thursday. The next day I was uh, in physical therapy uh, and then, then discharged to go home. It was on a Thursday, the Monday, two weeks later, I was back at work and uh, carried a cane just so that people would avoid bumping into me if they were conscientious, but didn't really need it for, for ambulation or things like that. And, you know, again, I just think having a, a very active approach has to be a longevity enhancer. And so we're really, really grateful, Dr. Stone, for what you've been able to provide for us today and really appreciate your willing to share 
all these new changes in the world of orthopedics and all the hope. And again, I think that uh, as people have heard me say many times that, uh, you know, there are several keys to rejuvenating or growing older with enthusiasm. That includes keeping the mind active, staying socially connected, eating healthy, and exercising on a regular basis. And the fact that you have an injury, that you have arthritis, it's not an excuse for not doing it if you got the right guidance in that regard. Anything else I should have asked you, Kevin, but didn't, or anything else that we should know about? Well, there's a lifetime of information and science. I I hope we can provide it to people on on the website at stoneclinic.com, and I hope we can answer all their questions there. And uh, I I think you have a great mission in your book and your podcast, and I'm, I'm pleased to be able to contribute to it. Great. And I'm really looking forward to reading your book and hope that many of my listeners will, because it's not just an entertainment book, but, but one that will get you to a better place. So thanks again, Kevin. I really appreciate your being here. So this has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser, a special guest, Dr. Kevin Stone. Be sure if you enjoy the podcast, that tell friends to listen to it, download it, rate it, and please feel free to make comments. Again, our website is the Mental Health Gym, and that's the place for all kinds of information regarding positive psychology, wellness, goal-achieving psychology, my own approach to it, and rejuvenating. And it's also the place where you can recommend podcast guests for the future. So I know that this has been a valuable one for so many of you. And be back next week where we're going to have another guest who will help you to lead your own life with enthusiasm, with better health, and with a focus on wellness. And until then, remember, we're still in the pandemic, so stay safe out there. And everybody think positively and stay active. And we'll see you next time. Take care now.